Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 72, verses 1 through 7. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy, and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May his glory fill the whole earth. Amen and amen. Isaiah chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. On that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and glory of the survivors of Israel. Whoever is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who has been recorded for life in Jerusalem, once the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the bloodstains of Jerusalem from its midst by a spirit of judgment and by a spirit of burning. Then the Lord will create over the whole site of Mount Zion and over its places of assembly a cloud by day and smoke and the shining of a flaming fire by night. Indeed, over all the glory there will be a canopy. It will serve as a pavilion, a shade by day from the heat and a refuge and a shelter from the storm and rain. Acts chapter 1 verses 12 through 17. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 persons and said, Friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in in this ministry. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all this time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us. All of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So they proposed two, Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. 
show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was, dis- and he was added to the eleven apostles. Good morning and welcome to the 21st day of Martintide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's readings um, come to us from, I forget, Psalm 72, um, bits and pieces, as well as Isaiah chapter 4, and bits and pieces of Acts, um, oddly, and well, yeah, Acts 1, which I forgot to announce the second part. It was Acts 1, verses 12 to 17, and verses 21 to 26. Um, I apologize for that. Uh, that. Those were the readings for the first Thursday of Advent. Um, however, as I've said, we're doing Martin Tide from the uh, Feast of St. Martin on November 11th through to Christmas Eve, um, 40 days later, also known as Martin's Lent um, or the 40 Days of Martin. Uh, you can go to um, Hospitallers of St. Martin Facebook page and you can see a... Um, a video that I produced, I, I, I mean, I made it, but produced sounds like it, it isn't just a slideshow that I put some audio on. Um, but in that video, I talk about the life of Martin, and tomorrow I'll post one on the legacy of Martin. Um, and uh, so through these 40 days minus weekends and major feasts, uh, I've been going through and sharing bits and pieces of Martinalia, which is an, another way of saying writings and images that uh, depict Martin of Tours. Um, and I've been doing so with the help of a website called aroundtheyear.org. And um, it's a pretty simple but really wonderful website that talks about the liturgical seasons. Um, and it has all these, you know, it has like Michael Mass and all these other things for high church low lives. Um, and it provides readings and images for Martin Tide. Uh, St. Martin's uh, Lent. And the one for this morning, I, I am following this morning, and I did yesterday, but I haven't always. This morning's image is um, uh, called uh, St. Martin Baptizes His Mother. It's painted by Joseph Adam Molk, uh, located in the Far Kirch St. Martin in Overvolts, Germany. This is also on our Flickr page. I think I have a map that has all the different images that I use. Um, and I guess the German is actually St. Martin mit Tauf de Mutter. Um, and the story from uh, his biography, um, just a quick refresher, Martin is born to a, uh, a, mili- a Roman military veteran um, at a time which it, uh, that fact made it that he would enter the military as well. Um, his mother was Christian, and uh, or believed in Christianity and the teachings of Christ at the very least, um, and his father did not. And in this image, um, you can see um, Martin, who's wearing his bishop's mitre, and he has two acolytes holding his um, bishop's crook, um, and he's standing beside a well, and he's pouring a small amount of water onto his mother's head, who's bowing before him. And you know it's Martin because there's a goose 
there beside the well, and the goose is the symbol of St. Martin, comes from um, the legend of St. Martin, not the, the biogra- biographical stuff left to us by Severus. And then his father is off, I guess, marching away, um, wearing perhaps the red cloak of the military um, that Martin was known for. And I think he's also wearing a hat that's supposed to symbolize uh, his military status. And above him in the clouds, you can see three cherubim, uh, just the heads and the wings um, in the clouds, kind of looking down and watching as Martin pours uh, holy water upon his mother's head. Um, a couple of things about this. The style is um, almost comical. Um, I don't know how much I'll be able to fit in the square that um, Anchor allows, but um, it, it follows the style of these old prayer cards in the United States where, you know, it's this kind of glowy, gimmicky, very brightly colored pastels um, kind of uh, image on the one side and on the back it would have some kind of prayer or admonition or whatever. And, um, which is fine. I actually kind of like those. Um, But there's one thing to point out. So Severus records that Martin's mother is a Christian. And at the time, uh, through most of the age of martyrs, when Martin is a child, um, and when ostensibly his mother would have been, quote-unquote, a Christian, um, the, the mark of becoming a Christian typically resides uh, at the moment of baptism. So um, in the early centuries of the church, it didn't make sense to say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, well, are you baptized? No. You, you did not become a Christian until you went through this formation process called catechism, um, and then once you were done with that, um, then you would be baptized and you would become a Christian. And now it's, it's you know, baptism, when I was um, uh, thinking about what it meant to be a Christian, I'd gone to youth group most of my adult, well, I guess I wasn't an adult yet, through high school at least. And I told myself I was a Christian and I told other people and it was all fine and dandy. Um, and then I got baptized many years later, um, and that kind of kick-started my departure from the military. Um, and so it's not clear why... Uh, and th- this story of Martin baptizing his mother is it kind of gets passed around in Martin's cult. Um, but whether or not it was necessary is up to question, or perhaps his mother just was sympathetic to the Christians but never got baptized. And the other part of it is um, Severus does record this story of his parents. Um, He he describes his parents early on. And then once um, uh, Martin uh, is baptized finally and then is, quote-unquote, a Christian, and he goes on to be uh, a soldier for a couple more years, uh, why that is is unclear. Most Christians who were in the military left very quickly, uh, either because they were expected to worship Caesar or because uh, they believed that Christianity was morally opposed to violence. And um, so it's, uh, he spent some time in the military before it's, you know, on the eve of battle, um, he tells the emperor, look, I'm not going to fight for you anymore or at all. It's not clear that he ever did. 
um, and he's locked up and then eventually kind of discharged dishonorably. And he goes to find the main theologian of the day, Hilary Poitier. He is uh, catechized, and then one of the first things he does is to go off to re- try and return home to Pannonia in Hungary, where or modern-day Hungary, where his family is. He doesn't make it all the way there, according to Severus. He is attacked by uh, a band of thieves. Um, he's left for dead. He recovers, um, but then something draws him back to. Gaul, modern-day France, and it's not clear that he ever actually does make it all the way back to his parents and converts them, even though that legend does persist, and, and Severus says it's true, but it's not clear when that actually happened or if it's just kind of embellishment. And so the reading for this morning, um, it's just this wonderful image, and it's got these bright colors, and the reading for this morning uh, offered by AroundTheYear.org is from Bruce Foltz, the, uh, the book Noetics, The Noetics of Nature, uh, published in 2014, speaks briefly of, of Martin, as well as the, the early cult of the saints. And he shares, quote, historian Peter Brown has richly documented the ebb and flow of sacralization, desacralization, and resacralization in ancient antiquity, late antiquity describing how through holy relics, and much more importantly in the East, through the life and death of holy men and women, monastics and saints and holy fools, paradise itself came to ooze into the world. Nature itself was redeemed. The countryside found its voice again in an ancient and spiritual vernacular of the presence of the saints. Water became holy again. The hoof print of his donkey could be seen beside a healing spring, which St. Martin had caused to gush forth from the earth. They brought down from heaven to earth a touch of the unshackled vegetable energy of God's own paradise, end quote. And uh, the description strikes me as as colorful and bubbly and and pastel-y, much like this image um, that that, uh, I've chosen for this morning, or that I've kind of gone with in choosing uh, along with uh, AroundTheYear.org. But also it speaks to the countryside and nature and the outdoors where uh, Martin felt most at home. Um, And here we see his family, um, his mother and and his father. And the argument could be made, perhaps, that the male figure to the left, which I may have to cut out from the the podcast um, image, uh, may be one of those thieves who attacked him. I'm not sure. It looks like there might be some kind of weapon he's got in his belt. I'm not sure. Um, but the the unity of nature and uh, the divine is really kind of um, fleshed out in this this um, short passage from this you know book that I've never heard of. It's probably an annoying academic t- uh, tome, um, but that was really what Martin was about: was um, being one with the countryside, both its people. But also, you know, the ground that he walked back and forth between Tours and Cannes or Poitiers and back and forth. Um, though he rode a horse in the military, there's no mention of it when, he's, when he leaves the military. He walks everywhere. He's an itinerant exorcist and he's helping to catechize people. Um, and of course, if he had made it back to see his parents shortly after meeting up with Hillary, um, it would have been as a catechist, not as a bishop. Um, as someone who prepares others for baptism, as he does in, in this image, and certainly desired to do um, in real life. 
Um, and so it's this wonderful reminder that, uh, you know, there's this kind of blessed unity between nature and God and one another. And that family um, is, fa- family is perhaps the most uh, satisfying word for that relationship between God and nature and one another. Prayer for Knowledge of God's Creation from the Book of Common Prayer Almighty and everlasting God, you made the universe with all its marvelous order, its atoms, worlds, and galaxies, and the infinite complexity of living creatures. Grant that as we probe the mysteries of your creation, we we may come to know you more truly and more surely fulfill our role in your eternal purpose. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PPUHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor Morning Prayer for Pew Pew People with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, And you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.